Welcome to another Consider This. We've been in the studio a lot lately, and uh, it really is a joy. We've got uh, today in our topic, we're going to be considering how important is it to go to church? And uh, that's kind of a question that obviously we've been wrestling with um, as a church, bigger picture church, not just Sunnybrook, but um, I've heard a lot of people give their opinions on it. Um, and I think it's kind of, I think, worthy uh, some of our discussions. It's summertime, all right? It's the middle of July. And so a lot of people are on vacation. And um, I've even heard people say, yeah, you know, I, I even take a vacation from church. And I want to talk about that. I want to say, listen, like, what are what are some of the, the reasons why um, church attendance matters and kind of how, how does all that fit in together? I brought in three of the most gifted and um, wise people on this subject matter. And so uh, my favorite in the group actually is Morgan Weiss, and she is— He says this stuff because we are recording— well, in the same room with <laughs> in him. The same I, room. I, okay, Justin. Okay, that's Morgan. <laughs> she is in our. Uh, she's in our high school area, uh, working particularly. I mean, she just has a real passion for uh, the preaching the gospel in Jesus number one, but discipling young women. And I have loved her passion for speaking the truth. And so, uh, beside her is one of my other favorite truth preachers, uh, <laughs> Justin. And uh, Justin Ebert is uh, on our high school team as well, and uh, very similar in personality in terms of with Morgan about that. I just need to say this because it's true. You both have that propensity, and I respect it. Uh, it's, it's helpful for me. Um, and then uh, one of my favorite people that I have loved being in ministry with, uh, Paul Weiss. He is uh, kind of heads up our adult ministries team and uh, kind of in the area of adult discipleship. And when he speaks, uh, it's one of those things. Uh, he is the EF Hutton on staff. Yeah, is that right? Is, do we remember that? Yeah, exactly. I'm not that old. When E.F. Hutton speaks, so that's a for those of you that are under the age of fifty, you might not know what that is. But he was. Nope, a, he was I a, don't. I know exactly. <laughs> he was a financial guru, right, Steve? He was a financial was. guru back commercial. in commercial. And so when he would speak, people would listen. But Paul just brings a lot of uh, experience and a lot of just passion about seeing people grow in Christ. And I love how he's able to kind of sort through some things. So when we were kind of thinking, of who do we need to hear on this? We just knew Paul needed to be here. So um, let's let's jump right into it. So I, I think there is a time or has been a time where uh, whether it's a Sunday school button for coming 18 weeks in a row or, man, where were you? You needed to be at church. That, that, that still seems to linger around in a lot of people's minds. And so uh, there has been, I would say, as long as I can remember, actually, a little bit of a of a of an argument against that, saying, you know what, it's not about going to church all the time, and you really don't need to go mm-hmm. to church all the time, and you really don't need to be going to church all the time, and so they say that over and over and over again, and I'm curious if I don't know if I've ever disagreed with them. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know if you need to go to church all the time. I don't know if you need to go every time the doors are open. I I grew up in that era, but even my parents never felt like we had to go to church all the time. It was just something that we did naturally as a family. And so I've never disagreed with it, but the more that I look at kind of what's happening, and even statistics are showing that church attendance is on a pretty steady decline. And the interesting part is that they're now saying that a lot of that is happening, not because less people are coming, but because people are coming less frequently. And so you think about it, if I count heads every Sunday, and so we did that all year, if you get 52 points for coming every Sunday, and now you're coming half the time, um, you, you still count as one person. You're probably still giving. You're probably still doing a number of different things. But in the end, you're 
more of a half of a credit for the year instead of a full. And it's not about counting numbers. So again, we're not we're not going to go down that road. But you can see why when people do talk about a declining church attendance, we we can hear, man, people aren't interested in church or aren't interested in Jesus. And it's a little more complicated than that. So that's why we're going to want to address this. And so, um, Paul, I'm going to begin with you. Okay. So when you hear someone make a statement like that, when you hear someone say, you know, um, church attendance isn't doesn't matter as much as everybody thinks it matters. Um, what are some pieces of wisdom that you would just also want them to hear about uh, the value and the importance of church? Well, it's it's interesting as you talk. I mean, first of all, I'm old, and so I'm feeling that strongly. And I guess probably birthday in, yesterday. Yes. Well, it's actually tomorrow, <laughs> oh, but tomorrow. we celebrated because yeah. Monday's our celebration day. But okay. Um, you know, growing up, I, I can't help but think of, I don't remember a time. Of course, I was a, in a preacher's family. I don't remember a time on a Sunday with my family growing up in the home where we weren't in church, whether it was in a home church where my dad was pastoring or on the road. Church was something that we did. Uh, and, and when I mean that, I mean, it's like we were actually in a building having church. We weren't in a car. We weren't sure. on the side of a mountain. We were in a building because you needed to be in a building. And I remember growing up even, I thought, the purpose of Sunday night church, some of you that might remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the purpose of Sunday night church is those who do, weren't able to be there in the morning so that they could take <laughs> communion. Yeah. I mean, it, that's how I saw it as a kid. That's our heritage. Right, right. So take communion, you come, and at the end, and everybody goes forward, you go, oh, yeah, they weren't here this morning, so they're taking <laughs> communion. Some people know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and so it, it, it was, it's fascinating. And so I think part of getting older is, I don't know if it's wisdom as much as experience. And, you know, you just compile a lot of, it, of experiences and you start in that scene trends that you just kind of go and you take notice of. And then you fight this with, okay, I don't want to be that guy who's sitting there in the pew being the person who says, back in our day, this is yeah. what it was. And if we just got back to that, everything in the world would be perfect. And that's not the case either. That's good. Um, and, and then the other aspect, too, is that when we moved through this, this idea of um, not uh, saying that church, being in the building, the physicality of that is not what saves you. It's not the all in all. You don't have to be at church. I think the pendulum kind of, in a lot of people who've heard that, said, oh, see if you give me a freedom, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. you've given me an inch, I'm going to take a mile. And, and so I, I see all that and go, okay, let's step back and ask some questions. And I think this probably is filtering from even sitting at a retreat, yeah. asking that question and noticing things that I, I think other people notice, you know, that, uh, wow. I think they were here, but I, I didn't see them in the sanctuary. I mean, yeah. I didn't see them for the worship time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and the truth is, oh, yeah, I saw them. They were, you know, they were in a Sunday school class or they were actually serving in the nursery or a kid's church or they were on the fit team. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, I, and I love that we're calling people. But when we come back to the, the reason why we gather uh, to acknowledge who God is in his presence and then our calling and mandate as a church to build one another up in unity, and 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 I think all that process uh, culminates in in a total of moving people to discipleship. Sure, um, I think sometimes we eat a lot of dessert, and we don't eat the things that need to necessitate and keep us healthy. And and I and I and in that, that's a question that I think we're trying to to, to ask to address. Mm -hmm. Nope, that's good. Um, so then, when 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 you look at what is 
kind of happening than with our people and some concerns that we're seeing. Um, Morgan, tell me, like, what are what are some of the concerns? What are some of the things that you and Justin and Drew, with our family ministry team overall, are beginning to to speak about more about? And I know that it and it wasn't we didn't just come to this realization at our at our retreat. And we're not trying to recreate the olden days. It's not that. No, we're just beginning to recognize that there are other elements of spiritual growth and development that are uh, that are being hindered by a lack of appreciation and a lack of responsiveness to the gathering of the body to worship together. And so you're beginning to address some of these things, I know, with individuals um, and even collectively to the, to the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me some of your convictions, some of your thoughts, some of the things that you're, that you're doing. So the, the idea of the retreat they're referring to is our staff went on a, tr- on a retreat <clears throat> and the family ministry team so nursery, preschool, up through high school, we all met upstairs, and the adult ministry team all met downstairs, and we, the family ministry team had a lot more fun, and we met, and we had a good old time, and then we go downstairs, and one of the first things the adult ministry team says to us is, we, we are really concerned about students being in the sanctuary. and On Sunday morning. On Sunday worship. morning during worship. And my immediate response with my sinful personality is to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you don't ever come to Sunday school class. You don't know what you're talking about. There are kids that sit with their parents that you just don't see. And and just to start to buck up and then really quickly just trying to to, um, check that in me, that personality too, that I think that if you're one of these people that might feel, I don't know, convicted Mm -hmm. by this this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. sometimes that conviction um, if we're not careful, Satan can use that to let our pride just well up in us and make sure. all sorts of, no, we're just asking you to honestly reflect and to really consider our, you know, how, how much do you guys value as a family co- communing together with the whole body? How much do you value um, your kid see, watching you, um, taking communion with you? worshiping with you, watching you worship, watching you listen, watching you mark up your Bible and take notes. Um, how much do you value uh, offering and and showing your kids what it looks like to give um, to the Lord and, and to his kingdom and his mission? Like, wh- where, do, where are you valuing these things? And the the scary thing is a lot of students when they leave high school we know the statistics are a lot and by of them, students we're not talking just about grades 10 11 and 12 we're no. talking about we're seeing we're we're, right. we're we're concerned and this is a family issue it's not right. like you know what the problem is it's 18 year olds not right. 17 year olds no we're talking about um from when when we begin to make decisions mm-hmm. as families mm-hmm. in terms of how we parcel up our sunday morning mm-hmm. that it's affecting kids from the 5th grade up yeah. Okay. Because this is how it, how it used to be. This is again. I'm not saying that, and no. like it has yep. to be that way. Yep. But yep. I remember going out of kids' church, and I did Sunday school and kids' church, and then all of a sudden I was in Sunday school and big church. That's what we called it, right? You have kids' church, you have big church, and I remember not. Tom All was speaking. He's a great preacher. I don't remember much of what he said. I don't remember. Sure. I remember like thinking this is so boring. I remember making fake bulletin. <laughs> I mean, making fake con- connection cards, writing fake names, you know. Um, and yet it was still like I-, I had to go. It wasn't an option for us. You know, this is what you do. And there's a there was a discipline in that that was really good for me as a person that can lack self-discipline at times. Mm-hmm. And there was a forming that happened in me from being there every week and from that being an emphasis in our family. And I think that's I think that's the case now. I think that we're seeing more and more um, students 
and it's, it might start by they come. I mean, we hear this a lot, and I, and I know the importance of it in kids' church. It's what's the difference between first and second service? Because if there's not a difference, like a great difference for my for my child, then we might just come to one and then leave. I hear that. Um, same thing with nursery preschool. I've hear I've heard that. You know, um, and then you go into sixth grade, and and we see a lot of sixth graders that they've moved up from kids' church, and they really, if their parents are going to be here two services, they'd really like to go to Sunday school, and then come volunteer in kids' church. They don't want to go. We're avoiding the sanctuary as much as we can. Um, high school students, we will ask them every week, hey, guys, you need to be in there. You need to be in there. And they come and they leave. Um, and so I, we just started asking. I thought, okay, the, it kind of as my wheels were turning at the retreat, I thought I'm just going to start asking key people um, who their families are super involved. Um and so I do. I've, I've gone up to your kids <laughs> the last few weeks and just said, hey, out I'm of concern. out of concern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've just said, hey, I'm just wondering, do you guys usually come to one service or two? Do you usually come to Sunday school? We just we really are trying to emphasize going to church together as a family. And so I was just wondering, you know, I respect your family. And I was wondering, like, what you guys what you guys are doing. And uh, uh, there are a number of families that that do not go to church together, um, that their students aren't are in the in the sanctuary, which is, I'm going, okay, so you've given your life to Jesus, and yet, like, is there ever a time that you're giving any of your tithes to the church? Is there ever a time that you, as we're, as I'm thinking through the development of them, like their spiritual disciplines and, and the development of them as a believer, you're not taking communion with the body. That's a big deal. Um, you're not you're not training yourself to like this is this is part of this is a part of being a part of the body of Christ, and I think it can come. We, we swing this way because of the legalism of you go to church or or you go to hell, basically. And you have to be, like you said, you're involved in everything. So then it's, oh, okay, well, then you don't need to be involved in everything. Um, so those are some of the concerns I guess I have. It's not just, man, you're involved in sports and so you miss church all the time. Although, yeah, there are some people that, it's, you know, maybe we need to evaluate. I, that's tough. That's tough to have a teenager in Stillwater where there's really not a whole lot of ways you can participate in sports outside of school that doesn't involve going to the city or Tulsa, it's, it can be a tough challenge, you know? Um, but when it turns into like church is just kind of a thing that we do when we can, yep. then, and it's not a priority, then I think that there's probably something that's, that's wrong there. Um, so it's not so just wrong, it's caught. You know, what do you mean? It's caught by the children, right? Whether the, whether you're yes. telling them or not, yes. they what they see is yes. is what is reality, and yes. they may not be able to articulate that as a four year old or six year old or a, even a fifteen year old, but it's 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 becoming, oh, this is what church is. This is right. what when we talk about our faith, this is how it plays out. Yes. And we want to address, you know, one of the things that we we keep hearing about over and over and over again is the number of high school students that when they go to college, they do not make uh, Jesus okay uh, a, a natural part of their lives. And then one of the ways that that has lived out is that they, they quit assembling with the other followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if those are the things that we are you know even you know, concerned about. So we're not saying, um, man, we really need our attendance to go up. We're not saying, man, by going and by attending, um, then that really is the mark uh, the only mark of a of a true Christian. If we're mm-hmm. not saying that, so Justin, what are some of the things that we are really trying? What's 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 the undercurrent beneath all of this, so that our listeners can kind of get a sense of 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 kind of what we're arguing for, but not what we're arguing against. Ultimately, everything you're going to hear from us in 
Am I on? Am I officially yeah. hot now? You're okay. Hot. Um, ultimately, I think the thing that we would always say at Sunnybrook is we do things because we believe that it's going to form us into the likeness of Christ. And attending church, going to the worship service in which we're celebrating the risen Jesus is that, that we are coming together as a body of believers to sit under the preaching of the word, to sing songs to and about God. And how about, as Steve said on Sunday, the people that we are striving to be. Yeah. Like I may not feel like it is well with my soul right now, but singing this song reminds me that that's the kind of soul placement <laughs> I need to have. That's good. You know, and yeah. it really is formative. And I think, you know, we live in a society or maybe this is just humanity. We swing the pendulum, right? Yeah. So I remember back in the day hearing the sermons of it's not about coming to church. It's not about coming to church. There's no check mark. God sure. at the end of time is not going to say you attended this much and missed this much. So you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven, right? So that's a true thing. Like we get that. We would all agree with that. But at the same time, now we're seeing the pendulum on the other side where it's as if like it doesn't matter at all. And it's yeah. we, we want to throw out the statistics about students who go off to college and who aren't worshiping on a regular basis. But let's throw out the statistics of parents who stop coming to church on a regular basis when their kid uh, goes graduate, to college. Right? We see that almost as often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's probably because of something, uh, a pattern maybe that has been lived out prior to for the last 18 years. Yeah. And um, when you value, when your view of church is just coming, you're kind of once a week to get your cup filled, um, or it's just kind of something we do, uh, that can lead to things like that. Uh, where church is a place where, no, I'm coming together intentionally as the body of believers to participate in the communion of Christ, to sing worship songs, mm -hmm. to fellowship with the body, to sit under the word, to be formed into Christ's likeness, because I know based on what, like what Hebrew says, that I'm not to stop meeting with this body, mm -hmm. that I'm to continue to participate in this mm -hmm. way. And it's, it's a discipline, just like mm -hmm. you said, Morgan. And when that begins to take place, that it's not an obligation, but it truly is. I mean, we kind of make fun of this. The video that came out that was so popular among millennials that I hate religion. Why I hate religion, but I love Jesus. Yeah. It's a false dichotomy, yeah. right? Yeah. You can't have Jesus without being part of his body. Sure. And when we say you've got to go to church, we mean like you've got to be part of this family, which we are all striving in Christ's likeness together, failing, stumbling, yes, but doing this together, you can't have a relationship with somebody without spending time with them. Yeah. And Jesus never seems to tell us that we can have a relationship with him outside of having a relationship with his people. Yeah. I, so I just, I don't get that. Yeah. And it's fr that part frustrates me and I can get heated pretty easily. Um, and when I say this, I mean, here's, here's the thing that's going to be a bit of an issue. So people here for professional Christians, okay, that no, that we think that um, pastors who are kind of protecting their turf, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of like you're kind of like OSU people who think we should be wearing more orange. You're kind of like uh, Dallas Cowboy fans, and we need to represent. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the that's I, I think that's how a lot of people hear us, mm -hmm. and um, I I don't I don't it doesn't even bother me. I don't even think well, how dare you think that? No, I get it. I get why you even think that about me. When you come behind the, 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 the scenery and you kind of see what we really care about, 
It's that we are concerned about your daughter who's going to be going to college in four years. And we are concerned about the fact that we really see so much potential in you and so much of a desire for you to follow Jesus Christ. But we do know that that is so wrapped up in the family dynamic that we're concerned that in two years when you become empty nesters, that you're going to enjoy traveling and kind of doing your own thing. And there's going to be a disconnect. And then we are concerned about your spiritual growth and development. So truly, we don't have meetings of how can we increase attendance. We have meetings Mm -hmm. on how we can disciple people, how we can reach the lost and do a better Mm -hmm. job reaching the lost, how we can be more responsive. Um, And and, and that's really at the heart of this. It's, It's not, I don't need more people to hear me preach. But I want more people to worship together. I want more people to know the truth about God. And one of the ways, not the only way, but one of the critical ways that we've just talked about is doing that on Sunday morning yeah. and collecting. It's just like how, how giving giving to the Lord is not, there's a, you can't earn, you don't earn your way, right, to, to heaven. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an obedience and submissiveness to the word and to Jesus Christ in our lives and obeying obeying his commands and and following like submitting ourselves to this life where we are honoring and glorifying him i heard a really good sermon the the other day that jim recommended to me um called 10 shekels in a shirt it's really good i just googled (laughs) it on my phone and found it you should totally do it um it's from like 1965 and they're preaching out of judges 17 and it's paris reedhead is that paris reedhead yeah um, missionary um, and he's talking about this idea of humanism and how we do things to um, satisfy ourselves. Basically, me being happy, me having a good life is the end of all things and yeah. the ultimate thing and how that's crept into um, our belief and our, our relationship with Jesus and the body of Christ. And then he, he even gives examples as a missionary of like how he, he fell into that in different ways. Um, and it's pretty powerful. I, I started thinking through ways that I fall into that trap. Yeah. And I think sometimes church is one of those things. If it's, I do this because, you know, it's a moral example for my kids. So that's good for our family. That's yeah. why we do this. Yeah. Or I do this because um, I was taught to, so it makes my parents happy. So I do this because it keeps peace in our family. I do this because my wife really wants me to go. Um, or I do this because I'm having a hard time right now. I'm going yeah. through something. And so I'd love to go and, um, just listen and like be healed and kind of um, go through this, have this experience. And not that those are necessary, like, man, don't come if you have one of those reasons. No, but we come because we worship the creator of the universe. Yeah. And we believe it's important to take time out of our week and say, no, this is sacred time. Yeah. This is time that we come in. We We are trying as hard as we can to create an environment that is, we want you to, you know, we, we want to us to relate to one another and to serve. That's why we have two services, okay? We want us to be with one another, but we also want us to focus on what we're about to do. That's why we have a call to worship before yeah. we start. We want yeah. you to realize that we are in the presence of an almighty God, yeah. and that's a very big deal, and he deserves all of our life. All He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise, and he deserves my time. Yeah. He deserves my attention. Yeah. He has, um, you said this in a in a in a sermon a few weeks ago, and I've has been super, super convicting. You said, he has bought us. When does he get us? Yeah. And I think about that every time I want to complain about, about um, being too busy, which right yeah. now is really hard for me. I, f- I feel very busy, you know? 
and or or and when does what, he get us uninterrupted? I mean, that, right, that's a good question right. that when parents need to ask. Us? Yeah, uninterrupted. Yeah. When, so that when is do so we critical. when do we sacrifice for him? Yeah. When do we? I mean, even if and that that's something that this guy in the sermon was talking about. He said, even if he chose me, even if God chose to send me to hell, he still deserves my life because it's really not about where I am in the end. It's really about him. It's all about him, his glory. Like he deserves this. Yeah. He is owed this. And that's that's the bigger picture that we want to get at. So, you know, you guys have been talking about conversations you're going to be having with high school students, but not just high school students. You'd be more than glad to talk with parents and help them kind of process this huh. through. And yeah. so, Paul, I'm going to ask you, I mean, so that's honestly where we believe it really in the end falls. It falls with parents having honest conversations. I love to ask people this. Just tell me that you came up with this plan, that this didn't just fall in your lap, that the reason how you carve out your um, your worship experience throughout the week, that it's not God getting the leftover pieces. So this is a plan. Like you, I'm sure you, as, as a couple, you sat down and you plan your vacations, and so you've kind of planned this is what's going to look like in terms of our commitment or dedication to Jesus Christ. What are some things that you would recommend for couples to kind of think through mm-hmm. and to talk about so that they can, again, um, not make the most of this for their families, but respond faithfully mm-hmm. to what it means to be a, a Jesus follower? Follower, Yep. Sure. Um, the question is so broad because I, when I think of Tell, asking you know parents who ask questions about how can I lead better like a father or yeah. even a single mom yep. um, and then I think of just different uh, places that parents are I mean you've got you know people that are having their third kid this week and and I think of a, a young man and his wife in our church and he he loves the Lord and he is soaking up and then I I see uh, Parents who are becoming empty nesters for the first time, and their their kids have went off to college, and they're concerned, and they're praying, and they are, you know, making the intentionality that you're still under my roof, um, and this is summer, and you're coming to church, and <laughs> and I see that, and I see the angst of that, and and you know, here's where the problem is. The problem is there's not a here is the answer of all answers. There's not an X here. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Are you looking at your circumstances and are you honestly evaluating, looking at yourself first, and are you asking the question, do I love Sunnybrook? Do I love church? Do I love family? Or do I love Jesus? And and starting with that question from that, if I'm not answering that with I love Jesus, I love yeah. convenience, I love comfortability. I love, I love everything, you know, I mean, and, and that's us. It's not just, you know, the audience that's hearing this, it is, it is us who do this on a regular basis. It's, am I, do I love Jesus? And is that what my kids, is that what my spouse sure. sees? Sure. And, and I would, I would say, can I start there? Because the answer isn't, okay, we're going to make a commitment this fall to be in the 930 and then to serve or to go to kids' church. That's great because I think you need the discipline of that. But if if your motive for that, it's not going to sustain. Um, And I can't help but think of other areas of my life, like my marriage and my job. Sometimes my job is I can't wait for it to be five. And sometimes it's like, where did the time go? I love this job. Same thing with my marriage. Right. Sometimes it's like I'm married. I've yeah. got to go home and I've got to 
Yeah. We're not, we're not on the same page. Yep. And then there's like, I love this lady to death. You know, you know, it's interesting because there is a, you know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, you use the phrase of false dichotomy, which is you're, 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 you're making me choose between two things. Like somehow it has to be one or the other, and it, it really doesn't have to be. And that becomes huge. I, I, I love to ask the question in my own life. Um, do I treat everything this way? Like, do I believe in the principle that church attendance isn't ever, is ever, is everything or isn't everything. Mm. And then I, I begin to ask questions. And so I've had a number of families that come to me because there are times in which things, our jobs begin to compete with our time on Sunday mm. morning um, or our, uh, our children's activities begin to compete. And I love to ask the question, okay, so if we're going to say is church attendance, everything, and is it okay for you to miss? Then let me ask you this question. Like, is it okay for your kid to miss um, uh, I'll use the, the generic sport that nobody can feel guilty about. Is it okay for your children to miss hockey practice? Like, is that okay? Um, do you, do you say to your kids, listen, like it's just hockey. And so the truth is it's more about like just loving the game. It's more about just an appreciation for Wayne Gretzky. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to all the practices. It's not going to all the games. It's more about just being a hockey fan. So wear your shirt and, and just kind of, do we say that or do we say, no, you signed up for this team and we're going to this practice. And so I find it fascinating that there are certain things that we just care a lot about. Hey, no, it's, it's Thanksgiving and you're going to be spending time with your family. Yeah, but it's really not about family time. You know, it's really not about, it's okay for me to skip. And there are certain things that we've had as a family. It's not just church attendance, certain things you don't miss. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you don't, or if you do, then there's like, it's the exception, not, not the expected. Right. And that's, that becomes the thing. And I think one of the reasons why you can know that something might be out of order or out of place is if your commitment to to worshiping together, forget about attendance, worshiping in the body of Christ, partaking of the, of the water, um, watching people come to Christ. Uh, so the sacramental issues, right? So baptism and the Lord's Supper and the preaching of the word, all of those things, the collective gathering together. If your kids are not watching you do that and you're not watching your kids do that and there's not this collective peace, then you can begin to ask, is there anything that is just we would never miss? And that's the part I'd love to say to families when they're asking about, man, our sports schedule's crazy right now. And and I and I want to make sure Jesus stays center. I get this a lot. A lot of you that are listening to this are trying to keep Jesus center and you're feeling like it's being pulled out from underneath you. And I just love for you to think about and for you to ask the question, if we were to say, man, we're not going to miss this. Do you have like four or five things that you're never going to miss? Because if I were to ever say, um, Man, it's just your kid's birthday. <laughs> like seriously, it's not the end of the world if you if you miss it. If that kind of causes you to just like just like aghast in horror, then 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 I I would ask, okay, there's there are certain things that you're okay with missing, certain things you're not okay with missing. Why is why is that? Justin, you seem like you're chomping at the bit. Arr. What do you want to say? Well, yesterday or well, just today, Tuesday, Sunday, we were talking about Luke 15 and three parables. And we were talking about the context of that in the midst of Luke 14. And in Sunday the school cost, class, I'm yes, assuming. Yes. Sunday school going, class I don't remember talking to you about this. Um, and um, we're talking about Luke 14 and the cost of discipleship, which it says what you need to hate yeah. your mother and your father <laughs> and your children and pretty much everything else in comparison to Christ or you cannot be a disciple. And just that challenge and seeing students' faces like, oh, like that, 
that's a shift of thinking versus the Jesus that just wants to come hang out with you when you're <laughs> able. And support you in your right. endeavor. <laughs> right. And so the thing I think about is, okay, so how do I actually translate? Okay, I actually, the time I spend most is eight hours a day at my job. Okay, that's probably the biggest segment of time, even maybe even more than um, yeah. any one relationship. Yeah. So does that mean like I'm always going against God when I'm at my job? Okay, no, that's probably not what it means. Okay, well, but then I need to like be a good husband and be a good father. Like, I don't think Jesus wants me to be a crap dad or a crap husband, right? No, he wants you to be good at that. So what does it look like to actually have a faithful relationship to Jesus and be great at your job and be a great husband and be a great father, be a great friend? And I've been reading a book by Brother Lawrence, um, in Practicing the Presence of God. And his prayer is, God of all pots and pans, let everything that I do be an act of worship. Mm-hmm. And so it's translating in your mind that like, okay, this that I'm doing now has to be in some way for the glory of God or it has no impact on eternity. And I'm just doing it for a check or I'm just doing it for this momentary relationship that I have in light of the relationships I desire to have in eternity. And we talk about time spent. It's how can you say that Jesus is the priority of your life if you never spend time with him? How can you expect to grow deeper into the likeness of Christ if you don't intentionally, every day, recognize who he is and what he's done and respond to that in the moment? And so when you're asking, hey, what would you say to parents? I'd say practice regularly in yourself as a couple and as a family what it looks like to recognize God and respond to that in that day, to repent and believe. That's what we talk about here at the church. And if you start doing that in the small things, you start doing that daily, you start doing that with the big picture of your family, it's going to make a radical change in your life. And you know what's interesting is I think I think what happens is, is that there's a lot of people that then go, without truly thinking it through, they quickly go, well, I do that. Right. So then I don't need to do it on Sunday. Right. Because I've, I've, the good news is the pots and pans I've gotten. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, like whether or not I'm there Sunday. Maybe. Doesn't re- no, but I mean, yeah, but that's what they're thinking. I promise you, right? Mm-hmm. Like audience, mm-hmm. you can hear me. Um, <laughs> that's what you're thinking. You're mm-hmm. going, man, I, 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 I hear people who describe, in essence, kind of this everything, which we want them to have. Mm-hmm. But when it's, when it's everything, I, I think about this. If, if I were to say, Andrea, I really want, uh, I want date night. I want the two of us to just be together and to be alone. She goes, well, here's the good news, honey. It's always, always together. date night. <laughs> it, it just everything. Anytime. When I go to work, it's it's date night for us. Mm-hmm. And she made everything date night. I would look at her and go, okay, like that's you not don't. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like that just kind of bites. And so when you look at that, that's the, that's the part where, again, honest reflection and mm-hmm. talking about this. And like I love to say to parents that are truly like I want my kids to value not going to church, but to value being a part of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. then we need to have that conversation yeah. and we need to, and we okay, say, so we're, we're getting kind of near the end of our time. So I'm going to give each of you like one minute to, well, no, here, here's the other thing. I know Morgan. Yeah. I know there's lots that we want to say. Yeah. I was even thinking about this a second ago. I think we're going to have to have a part one and a part two. So, um, but we're going to keep this one uh, kind of a little bit kind of a little bit tighter and we'll come back and we'll do it again. I promise. Um, so in, in less than a minute, kind of, uh, what do you want to sum up? Obviously Morgan's going to need a second cause she's, no, really, I think I got it. You got I have, it? Yeah. Go. There's like five things, but if I had to choose one, <laughs> if I had to choose one for the sake of having a minute, this is what I would say. Go. Um, whenever 
what Justin said about God having every part of your life and everything needs to be in worship to him and submitted to him, that is true. What Jim said is also true, that sometimes that can be a way for us. We're starting to feel a little angsty and and sometimes that's called being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Not Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you feel angsty about the wrong things, but... Um, and, and what I would say is no, no, nobody really likes that feeling very much. And so what I would ask you to do is swim around in that feeling just for a while. We talk a lot about this idea of repent and believe. And repent and believe, what it means is that you swim around in those feelings. It means that you, um, when you start to feel, okay, I, I don't want to just bow up and say that's not me, or I don't want to, I want to really evaluate. And you know what Justin said about taking everything do I really do that? Or am I just saying I want to do that? I'm saying I do that so I don't have to feel um, these feelings I'm having. Um, I would just challenge you to really think through what in my life needs to change. We believe God is always doing something, always, 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 and that you have an opportunity to respond to him every day. And so I, I don't think that the Lord is ever saying to you, yeah, you know what? I could use less of you. I think he always wants more of us, always. And so... Um, for his glory and our benefit. So I would just challenge you to use this um, af- after this, use this podcast as a time to um, reflect, take some time after this. Don't rush in. If you're if you're listening to this in the car, whenever you get to where you're going, don't rush in there. Um, sit for 10 minutes or so and just pray and ask God, all right, what are you doing? How can I respond? Okay, That's Justin, you she used uh 48 minutes, 48, 48 seconds, seconds of years of your uh, minutes. That's fine. Sorry. I think <laughs> I just, my reminder is something Morgan said is just that we know and we want to remind you that you can't earn your way into a relationship sure, with God. Sure. Okay, we're not saying church attendance makes you right with God. We're saying that when when you desire to submit to him and you've been you've accepted that grace that he's freely given to you and you've been renewed by the spirit within you, like you're, we want you to become more like Jesus and we think this is a way you can become more like Jesus. Love it. Paul, okay. what do you got? Um, as a father, but more importantly, maybe as the leader of the family that I'm responsible for. Okay. Um, I think one of the coolest things that I see is is that as we've even ruminated in talking about it in this whole repent, believe aspect, to not only before God say, yeah, I, I just haven't made church, not attendance, not going eight yep. weeks in a yep. row. Yep. I just haven't made it the center, the central aspect of the formation of, of my responsibility to lead my family. And so as I talked with God about that, I have this Selah moment, right? I stop mm-hmm. and I exhale and I lean into him and I ask him um, in, that, in that process. But the belief part of that is, so now what am I going to do with this? And here's one nugget that I would encourage every leader of their family to do is to admit to their spouse, to their children, to their grandparents, whoever it might be, and just say, you know, I've, I have not made this as the, my responsibility to lead this family. Wow. I haven't done that. Wow. And we are going to change that. And you have opportunities to have discussion in that. One of the things that it looks like is that we're going to go and be the church in the presence of our Father, that's something we have to make more central. And I think that can be an amazing moment for a family. Dude, you know, you know what I love about that is, is it really comes back to the idea. When I, I'll give a statement about, it's not about Sunnybrook, it's about the kingdom. Amen. Amen. It's not about Sunnybrook, it's about the, okay, but it's about the kingdom. <laughs> so then it's not about just, it's not about your hobbies and it's not about your family. It's about how those things fold into the kingdom. 
And that's really what we're describing here. So it becomes this kingdom emphasis. Um, We will have to come back. Um, Give me, here's my final thought, is that if I were to say to you that there is just no way for your child to become the best dancer, soccer player, baseball player, basketball player, whatever, uh, Cub Scout, there's just no way for them to do that outside of playing and practicing the game or or the activity. There's just no way around that. I mean, you can't become a great golfer by not golfing. You just can't. And we know that. We know that intuitively. The only way that I can become like this is to be about this and to be surrounded by this and to grow in this. And so remove church attendance, but to literally ask the question, is it possible for you to become a follower of Jesus Christ and not to be kingdom-oriented? And I love the challenges that you made. Um, there's some things I need to go repent and believe on. Because you know, one thing we've also talked about is that as pastors, we can be really guilty of doing the exact same thing. We just, we, we're so busy being in it. That is when I'm not preaching, it's easy for me to just hang out in the lobby and talk to some people that I don't usually get a chance to see. And, and I'm going to kind of be back in my office and I don't really need to be out. I mean, so it, it happens to all of us. And these truths are true for all of us. So hope you feel, here's, here's our prayer, that through our conversation today that you felt loved and in a very real sense because we want to be able to speak the truth. We also want to be able to hear the truth. So if, if we're missing something, I promise you, man, we'd love to hear about it. And so uh, hopefully this conversation, I love how Morgan said, sit in it. So sit in God's instruction, in God's mercy, in God's way. And, uh, man, hopefully we'll see you Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Drop the mic. Oh, by the way, I'm gone this Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. We're at Youthquake. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'll be here Sunday. Steve will be here Sunday. But Paul, but you guys are having actually church in the mountains, aren't you? We'll be at Church in the Mountains. I love it. Take it wherever you go. Love you guys.